Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. If you're doing any type of sports betting, jump on it, head on over to DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. I'm Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley, still celebrating the Avs win from last night, but there are plenty of other NHL games going on in round one as well, so... We figured we'd take a little bit of a look around the league here and see how early on our uh, our predictions are shaping up. Some of them good, some of them not so good. But I don't think there's any better place to start than this uh, this five overtimer from Tampa Bay and Columbus the other day. I mean, the fourth longest game in NHL history, I believe. Yeah. So my best friend has finally decided to start trying to watch a little bit of hockey after a decade of, of us being homies more than a decade. God, it's like 15 years now. Uh, And he's, he's finally delved into it and he and I were gaming together during uh, the last three overtimes. (laughs) And he kept asking me questions. He was like, is this normal? And I'm like, no, no, dude, <laughs> no, I was like, look, every year you get a double or triple overtime game and everybody in the hockey world stops what they're doing to watch it. Yep. And I was like this five overtime one, though, this was one for the books because of all the crazy things going on, because Boston and Carolina had to be delayed until the next day. Yep. Because Dallas and Calgary started two and a half hours later and finished before this game did. <laughs> We're talking, it was, it was uh, the numbers involved in it were insane. I tweeted out like maybe 60 seconds before the game ended uh, that Tampa Bay was, was creeping up on 200 shot attempts in the game. They finished with 188, 85. Or eighty something like eighty eight on net, which means Jonas Corpusal, Columbus's goaltender, made eighty five saves and lost this game. <laughs> it was crazy, man. It was crazy, and I was thinking about that yesterday. I was going to allude to it in my uh, my post game article that I wrote, uh, where you know, I because I I mentioned Philip Grubauer making a fourteen had a, he had a fourteen shutout. save shutout. <laughs> And I'm like, Jonas Corposalo has to be so pissed off looking at that. Like, come on. That the guy Av- got a shutout. In a world where the Avs sweep Arizona, world. they could legitimately, Arizona could legitimately get less shots on goal than the Tampa Bay Lightning got in a single game of hockey because of these five overtimes. Yeah, it's true. That would be, that would be crazy. <laughs> So all the Avs have to do is play elite defense for three more games and hold them to 20 shots. Yep. And that's, that's still insane. Like it, everything about it. And like Andre Vasilevsky gets completely forgotten in this conversation because of it. But the guy had one of the great goaltending performances of all time as well. Made like 60 something saves himself. So, and like Columbus Got a little stronger as that was going on. He had to make some nice saves. Yeah, you could tell 
Well, I mean, both teams at the end were were dead tired, but oh. that's that plays to Columbus's strengths. I think you know Tampa is a team that's going to try to outskill you up front, and if you wear them down, bodes well as Columbus is leading three one in game two right now. So yeah, yeah, and you know it was just as an aside, it was awesome to see Alexander Wenberg make a power move to the net. <laughs> I bet John Tortorella was like, finally, finally. Took eight periods of hockey. (laughs) He played, Wenberg plays with some passion. He actually plays with a little bit of heart. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you mentioned it, but some of the numbers. Seth Jones played over 60 minutes in that game. I did. And was almost a negative 20 at even strength in Corsi. Got smoked. (laughs) And what was crazy was uh, the Gavrikov Savard pairing. Negative 50. Yep. (laughs) Negative 50. And they played 10 more minutes than Ryan Murray. And Ryan Murray almost broke even. In a a game in which they, at evens, they were were outshot attempted like by a lot. By like 70 or something. Well, it was crazy, dude. I think more than one person owes Corpusalo a sedate, even if that was a loss. So <laughs> he was probably too tired to take him up on it. He was like that dude, you know, he didn't even jump in like the ice bath afterwards. That was just the next day. He skipped practice and was just like just immediately in the ice right bath all day. bed after that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. Like his whole body was just a bruise. Yep. He looked like an aged banana. <laughs> I'm more curious about how he turned yellow than the the bruising. No, the yellow part just never happened. He skipped Uh, it. it. It's one big bruised banana guy. Yeah, Yeah, the whole thing. Brutal. Rotting on the inside. Yeah, Uh, and now now today he's back and fine. He's only given up one goal, even though, yet again, Tampa Bay has outplayed them. Yep, but... uh, This one has been closer. Yes, this one has, has been a... Well, we'll see. Tampa, unlikely to come back in this one. Looking like that's going to even up the series at one. I think everyone took Tampa, so that was a big game one win for our predictions. Yeah, um, I have him. I, I think I had him in six or I think seven. That's how, I so, had him in four, which isn't going to happen now. But yeah, either way, I sweeps, man. Yeah, they're rare. If you got to go, this, you got to go in hard. That's my. This thought. This was a Columbus that. team that I liked more than. Uh, uh, Boston and Washington, and maybe I would have picked over Philadelphia. I really like this Columbus team. I just felt like Tampa Bay was just that one. They're just too and strong, and they're yeah. well, and, t- and they're giving them they're they're giving them uh, everything they can handle. Yeah, for sure, they're not going away easy by any stretch of the imagination. The other side mm-hmm. of that is we both picked Boston. Uh, and they, I picked Carolina. Oh, sorry, that's what I meant. We both picked Carolina, and they ended up losing to Boston in a double overtime game as well. So, one, the East certainly seems extremely competitive with multiple overtimes in Game One of series, and two, Boston seems like they flipped a the switch a little bit. Uh, certainly more than St. Louis was able to. Um, yeah, they definitely Boston definitely looked uh, 
like a totally different team compared to the round robin group that just looked apathetic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They were not that interested in it. And then they come out. Well, look, Carolina, just like Columbus, gave gave Boston all they could handle. What did you think about uh, the uh, the the I guess goalie interference call the the one that Carolina had to challenge and they didn't even know what they were challenging for because the refs yeah. didn't give them an answer. I that is the dumbest thing ever. I mean, it, he's co- he had it covered. Yep, he clearly had it covered, and then they poke it out of there, and it's like. Uh, so I've, I've there have been two goals scored so far, and both out east, luckily. Um, that I think I think have been kind of bullshit, to be honest with you. Uh, that goal, and then the goal that Washington scored yesterday, their second goal, where Varley had it in between his legs, and the referee loses sight of it, and they don't blow the whistle, and so Oshie just jams a stick through his legs yep. and pokes the puck in, and it's like, dude, he, the goalie can't. Right, You're- have it any more than he did, and and the same thing with Mrazek having his hand on top of the puck with his glove. Are you guys going to blow the whistle or not? Like, what are you waiting for? As soon as you lose sight of it, you're supposed to blow the whistle. You know that the, he could not. There's no way that he could physically have seen the puck between Varley's legs because they have that camera on the ice now. I mean- by default, isn't that goaltender interference? You're preventing the goaltender from making a save if you're reaching into his pads, reaching into his glove, and kicking the puck loose with your stick. I, I certainly, I certainly think the Carolina one was interference. I don't think the, I don't think that I would view the Islanders one so much as interference as much as just a bad officiating job. The other one is like he has his hand on the puck. How are yeah. you letting him just just stab at his hand? Seriously, yeah. just just swatting away at it until the puck comes free. Like, what the hell are you doing? And I, then to come over and and tell yeah, Rob Brindamore you have to pick one. That's the what? part that make gets, a call. Like, if you're going to put the onus on the coaches to have to challenge plays. You need to give them the resources to be able to challenge correctly. It's insane. Otherwise, <laughs> you have to tell them what the on-ice call is, not telling them to pick one. Right. It's if you can't tell them what to do as the ref, like as far as what the call is on the ice, then why are you even here? What is the point of the ref? If right. you're not going to pull the whistle, and then you're not going to at tell that point, which is what happened. At that point, you're calling your own fouls, and we're playing street basketball. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm, and then to find Rod Brindamore, he didn't even say any. He just said, "Here's what happened." Yeah, he he was like, "Look, they didn't tell me what to challenge, so I didn't know." Right, and and like every single press conference that that you were will ever sit through, you'll somebody will be like, "Hey, can you walk us through what happened with this call or with this or whatever?" It happened three times. Yeah, uh, after the Avs game yesterday. Yep. Because Arizona media, and this is not a criticism from me anyway, um, Arizona media was asking Rick Tockett about, er, and, and the players, about the interference call that Colorado scored the goal on. And they were all, they all got on Dan O'Rourke for that. Oh, he's a great official, but that's a bad call with seven minutes left in the third period. No fines coming out of that. <laughs> and 
And Rick Tockett, he, he was like, look, I'm not making excuses. I'm not putting this on the refs, but with seven minutes to go, there's been interference all game. You can't call that. And I'm, my frustration with that is it sounds like it was blatantly interference. Yeah. It sounds like your problem is the first 53 minutes where they didn't call it. Where you just got away with it for 53 minutes. <laughs> and like, yes, officiating is inconsistent like that. But that was also a very obvious interference penalty. The same way that what Burakovsky did was very obvious. Yep. Clear clear interference where the guy actively just puts himself between the player and the puck with no effort to go for the puck. The the only the only qualm I had about officiating yesterday was the roughing call on Ian Cole, and that's because I still haven't yeah, seen we it. We still don't know what that play looked like, so I just haven't seen it. Supposedly Evan saw a replay of it somewhere. Um I haven't I haven't personally seen it and that was my only frustration. But so. otherwise it was interesting to see that Arizona openly like named the official <laughs> criticized him and there's nothing. Rod Brindamore said here's what happened. Here was our frustration with it and Tom Dundon with a with a nice flex and took a picture of the $25,000 check that he wrote. To <laughs> yeah, I day. saw that. <laughs> so here, I do want to get into this conversation a little bit more, but first, okay. refereeing one of the highest on the list of making people want to drink, both for good and bad. So time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. If you want an avalanche amber ale to celebrate the Avs winning their game one of the playoffs, of course, you can always head down to the DNVR bar. Great spot to get eight different Breck brews on tap, or you can go to the farmhouse or your local liquor store and pick up a 12 can sampler or any other Breckenridge brewery you desire. They have a ton of stuff. If you don't want the avalanche amber, they got the strawberry sky. They got the hot peak IPA. They got the vanilla Porter junior, you name it. They will have a beer for you. So give them a try today. And of course, if you are having a drink or two, always a fun time to have a couple on the golf course, but you can keep it to the digital golf course as well with WGT golf, sipping a beer on your couch, playing a quick nine holes. You can go to dnvrgolf.com to download. It's a game loved by more than 20 million people around the world. You can play both on your phone and your computer. Be sure to search for DNVR three to join our clubhouse. We have tournaments every single weekend, so you can compete and get on top of that leaderboard to beat everybody in the DNVR fam. If that's your thing, we play a ton of true to life courses, a bunch of different game types, Stroke play, match play, closest to the hole, you name it. Get out there, play some digital golf. Again, dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. AJ, we were we're creeping towards this conversation anyway. So it's funny. You get into game one of the playoffs proper in round one, and wouldn't you know it, there aren't eight penalties a game anymore. That five-overtime Tampa game, there was one penalty in about five periods of it. This Avs game had only four penalties in it. The calls have tightened up. And one, like, this is great for Colorado just yeah. because they're five. We've talked about this. Five on five is their jam. Um, two, it's a little frustrating because you know that there's going to come a moment where you get upset about something. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, that moment came for me when Matt Calvert, poor Matt Calvert, yeah, got cross checked in the back and hit in the nuts with a shot at the same time. Bad times in front of that net for him, yeah. <laughs> and it was like blatantly a cross check where he was going down, and I'm sure the optics of it because he took the shot to this 
to the we'll call it the midsection. The manscaped area. Yeah. It it he he took a shot in the uncomfortables and it happened at the same time, so maybe the refs were like, oh, that was the shot that did that, and not the two by four laid across the the small yeah. of his back. But a lot of cross-checking yesterday went on. There was quite a bit. And that's that's not me saying it was only Arizona. There was a lot of cross-checking no. going on. Zadorov threw a good four or five himself, too, on the other side of that. Like, it was, if that's, given we're in the bubble situation, and I've made this, this argument previously, that I think that referees and teams in the postseason uh they should stay together yeah and i think that's fine that way the because that way an official is going to call something like you can at least try to get as close to consistency as you can that way a cross check in one guy's eyes is not a cross check in the other guy's eyes you're not adjusting game to game right use the bubble use the bubble to give this a whirl I understand that there's a human element to this where you worry about if you ride an official like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then things things do start to become personal or whatever, but like they're paid for that not to be a problem. It's it's give and take, right? And this is a great opportunity to try something new there. Yeah. Yeah, even even the same official every single night is not going to be perfectly consistent. I understand that, but the players are going to learn tendencies of referees over a seven-game series, and they're going to know with a higher level of certainty what they can and cannot do in any given yeah. game. And then, hey, maybe you end up with the crew that, that gets graded the highest, and as you advance through the playoffs, so do they, and you see them later on. And then you already know. Yep. Yeah, and then, hey, you've built that, you've kind of built that rapport. Instead of it going from game to game to game, I've, I've, I've always liked the idea. I would, I would like to see it tried yeah. to see what the execution of it looks like. If it ends up being a disaster, then obviously you just change it. You're like, hey, this definitely didn't work. Yep. If it if it ends up with the you know and and officials are like nope uh uh-uh, uh I'm gonna call penalties on this guy because he said things about my sister last night you know and whatever right, right like right. then okay great then we know that that doesn't work but I feel like the bubble environment gives this opportunity for officiating crews to stick with a series. I, and and really develop the consistency that we always com- we always complain about consistency. If there's ever been a time to try things, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, look at what baseball's doing. For better or worse, they've yeah. gotten they have fully embraced weird baseball science mode. For sure, just throwing stuff out there. Why not yeah. give it a go? And so. I honestly, given given the circumstance, there's never going to be a better time to try stuff than right now. 100% agreed on that one. You got nothing to lose. Might as well give it a try. But looking through the rest of these series as well, we kind of covered a little bit of the East. Obviously, we watched the Abs game. They're going to end up, presumably, if things go by the numbers, Abs will end up with Vegas in round two because of how things shook out. Who do you think has the better opponent between the Abs and Vegas in round one? Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think the Avs expended a ton of energy on Wednesday night. 
to get that win. Through game ones, Arizona looked like the the Arizona Colorado looked like the biggest mismatch in the league. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not a close game. Um, and, <laughs> Vegas and Chicago didn't look close either. It Vegas took that game four one. Yeah, and like they were up two nothing in that game, and then uh, a weird. They had the challenge goal thing, and yeah. they scored on the very next shift shorthanded, and then it was 2-1, and then they separated in the third period, and it ended up 4-1 walking away, and that was kind of that was kind of the Avs game yeah. yesterday, was that it, it looked a lot closer than it truly was, because it was 0-0 until six minutes left in the third period, and then all of a sudden it was 3-0. Right. But it felt like it was 3-0 the entire time. I... Because hockey is cruel and sports are unfair, it was there. It, it was nervy at times yesterday, but they they just weren't really that competitive. And that's Chicago was at least competitive with Vegas throughout. Yep, it long stretches of that game. This is you're getting away from statistics a little bit with this, but from a feel perspective, yeah, it felt like Chicago was in that game. Arizona had seven shots through two periods. It did not feel like they were in right. That and even in the third period, like they when they got that power play, everybody was like, "Oh God, here it comes the stupid goal." Yeah, it's what their their best scoring chance came when Phil Kessel missed the net. Yep, they were not just not that dangerous. It just really was not like. Game two tomorrow, I wrote this in my my thing yesterday, uh, but game two tomorrow is going to tell us a lot about the abs because of how they handle what should be Arizona's best shot. Arizona is going to come, they're going to be embarrassed and they're going to come with a lot of pride on the line and they're they're going to give Colorado the best and biggest that they can handle tomorrow. And if Colorado manhandles that and smacks it down, series is over. This really could be sweep uh, territory. Exactly. Like it, they, we could be rolling towards. I'm celebrating my birthday on Monday with a sweep. Like, wouldn't that be something? It would be nice. Um, it's it's really a it's really a, a really thin line in these types of series because. Think about two years ago when the Avs made the postseason against Nashville. Yep. And Colorado got beat five to two in game one, even though they had one nothing and two one leads. Yep. And they got beat five to two with Nashville kind of smoking them in the final two periods of that game. It was more competitive than we expected. And then we thought, okay, Colorado has to win game two. And that didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't. They and and like that was a really highly competitive series. And once that got down to nothing, there was no coming back. It was just going to be. It was too much of a mountain to climb. Colorado pushed that game to six, and everyone felt like, oh, they did a really good job to make it. Six. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's be. And I mean, really, that com- that series was really competitive through four games. And then the fifth game, the Avs, you know, Andrew Hammond stole it. And the sixth game, they the ran out of gas. Yeah. 
and that's hey that happens there shouldn't be any running out of gas in these in these series in these playoffs because that was like obviously that was right after a long season and they didn't know what they were doing and they were just happy to be there etc 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 well i mean but the, the goal for the ev should be we want to put arizona down Yep, we don't want people to think about Arizona the way they thought about us two years ago after that after this series, where everybody was like, "They're kind of for real." Yeah, we're gonna have to watch out for this Colorado yeah. team. Exactly. So I think that's that that was the, the, trying to avoid. I think that was the series that put them on the map for everybody that said, "Okay, maybe this is for real." Because like there have been plenty of eight seeds that go in and lose four to two. Yep, but Nashville was coming off a Stanley Cup run, and they had to work significantly harder just to put the Avs away, right? To to get through Colorado than all of us expected. Yep. So, and that I think that was the beginning of the this team understanding the postseason and taking it seriously in a really positive manner, and. I think tomorrow is going to be a continuation of that. We're going to see, hey, are, are the abs if the if the abs yeah. put Arizona down, if they I mean if they if they come closer to game 1 then if they I mean if they come close to game 1 at all, you know, and it's it's a pretty breezy runaway victory, it's going to be real hard for Arizona to get back on top of that. To, to really push their way back into being competitive in this. And I fully expect we see the best of Arizona tomorrow. Darcy Kemper is going to be pissed. Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel are going to be pissed. Yep. A lot of a lot of guys that have won, won some things in this league on the other side there who are who are going to show out. But what, is, what does a pissed Arizona team look like? Is it outshooting the Avs or do the Avs hold that team to 20 shots and, and outshoot them by a dozen? And that's what I, I want to see. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I really don't. I well, we're gonna have to see because the what makes the Avs so difficult is that they do a, they can do a little bit of everything and they can adapt to different styles. Yep. And with Arizona, that's not true, and they're gonna have to change something. And to to attack more than they did yesterday means to be less. You know, they were all talking about, oh, we kept him to the outside after the game. And it was like, look, the Avs, the Avs doubled you up. Yeah, it was 33 to 17 in scoring chances. Okay. So let's not act like this was a dominant defensive performance. You gave up 40 shots on goal. You can talk all you want about, oh, we kept him to the outside. You lost nine to three in high danger chances. Like, I mean, look, you didn't really they, prevent shit. Even if they did keep him to the outside, you got to score a goal and have a lead before that matters. Right. And, even then, like Colorado, in the, unless it's unless it's a two goal lead, Colorado always responds. Like they push, there will be the big push at some point. Yep. If Arizona, well, if Arizona doesn't get the first goal of the game, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that too. I agree because because they're getting have to get out of their shoes and and play a very different style than what they're used to if they don't get it. Well, on yesterday. They yeah. never pushed. I mean, right. granted, they were down three nothing all of a sudden, and they never really had a chance right. to respond it, to the first a goal. Minute and Thirty seconds, they were down three. Yeah. yeah, they they it went from zero zero to three nothing in ninety seconds, and it was like, oh. 
And but they never there was no push at the end. They were just like, oh well, that game's over. Yep. Uh, yeah. I interested to see how things go. Of course, they have back to back games tomorrow and Saturday. So whatever way the series is going to go, it's going to happen fast. We had uh, somebody in the comment ask about the goalies earlier. Yeah, I saw that. Am I the only one extremely concerned about the switching of goaltenders? No. I want to. I want to. I want to see how tomorrow goes before I really feel. Yep. We talked. I mean, we talked about this on yesterday's on the pod post for game a little show. bit. That depending on how it goes, it could either make all the sense in the world to flip flop and go to Frankie, or you just let Gruby ride it out. It just depends on how things are. Abs are in a good situation to let that decision come to them. They don't have to yeah. rush anything. Arizona, like, what happens if? What happens if? Uh, what happens if Darcy Kimber gets lit up tomorrow? On the off chance that that happens, that guy gives up five goals tomorrow. Do you do, do they play him in game three? Who knows? On a back to back, like they're in a horrible spot. Yep. So, I think the Avs are are sitting pretty on that one, but uh, we do have to take our second period break here as. The goaltending, I mean, honorable mention to Darcy Kemper, but anytime you get a shutout, you might be the Stravacraft coffee performer. So we'll throw that one to Philip Grubauer with his whole 14 saves on the game. Stravacraft coffee is the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. Another thing you can get at the DNVR bar, cold brew Stravacraft coffee, if you want to come on in and give it a try before you buy. When you do decide... I saw your mom poking around with that yesterday. Yeah, she was thinking about it. She was thinking Mm -hmm. about it. She's got bad joints, so that stuff does, does good stuff for her. But, that's awesome. Uh, not the bad joints part. Does yeah, it? the bad but joints are not as great. But, I, I mean, our boss might have to uh, start using it, too, given that he just tore a bunch of ligaments in his knee. But Yeah, what was that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but either way, you can give it a try. And when you decide to buy at StravaCraftCoffee.com, when you sign up for their subscription service, you can get 20% off every single order so be sure to jump on that great deal when you do decide to get it the cbd is awesome i already mentioned helps with aches and pains particularly in joints can help with migraines anxiety a bunch of other stuff as well so if you're thinking about it give it a try today third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast a couple other games to get to around the league philadelphia took down montreal uh nothing too surprising there but i did just want to show off because Carey price had maybe the greatest save in the history of the playoffs here. I don't know if you've seen it, AJ, but <clears throat> the one where he saved Nick Suzuki's life. Yeah. Cause that thing was about to like, he was Nick Suzuki was going to need a trip to green mountain dental group. Yeah. And then Carey Price's stick from out of nowhere was like, I got you, bro. That's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what can you even say? Yeah. It's pure. In, it, it's pure instinct. Yep. To, to, Throw the stick out there. (laughs) Desperation, right? And like... I mean, that's why he's Gary Price. But try as... It's funny because like, so lucky, right? Like, let's be honest here. Like, that's so lucky. Like, he does everything that he can, but he's just, he's just hoping that he gets lucky. He didn't even even tell you that. Oh, I'm sticking my stick out there as a desperation because my body is not there. I'm just trying to get lucky here. And then Nate Thompson misses an open net yeah. on a deflection later, and it's like. Well, 
What does the universe have with Montreal goaltenders against top seeds? What the hell is going on? I was watching the Rockies game before the Avs game the other day, and they interviewed Charlie Blackman. I don't know if you saw this, AJ, but they talked to him, and he said he was talking to the shortstop. Yeah. And and he's like, shortstop's like, man. Or Charlie said he got a lucky hit or something. And, And the shortstop was like, man. All the good hitters seem to get lucky, while all the bad hitters seem to never get lucky. <laughs> and the, the good hitters get lucky, lucky a lot. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. Kind of the same story with goaltenders there, right? The good goaltenders seem to get lucky a lot more often than the bad goaltenders when it comes to ridiculous saves like that or people just miss the net or otherwise. Yo, hit us with that question now. Yeah, Might we as well. Gotta, we'll answer some questions. We're just hanging out on a Thursday. Yeah, have to play tomorrow. So we're on we're on a weird like in between because the next two days we're doing yeah. post game pods. We've already broken yesterday's game down as thoroughly as we can. So kind of looking around the league. So if you got questions in the in the yeah. chat, fire off. Yeah, we're, toss we're them at us. Otherwise, it. you know, unless you uh, really want to hear about how Dallas lost to Calgary. <laughs> Which I mean, I picked I picked Calgary in that series, running away. So uh, honestly, that was just more of the same. I will say, when Dallas woke up, they looked way different because they were down two nothing in the blink of an eye, and it was like they're gonna get run, dude. Like they're gonna get swept, and this is gonna be embarrassing. And then they woke up, and that was a that was a competitive finish. Ended up a four three game, so they didn't just go away. Yeah, I. I was a fan. Um, I, I liked. <clears throat> we'll we'll see how that develops. Yeah, but, the, uh, Blues Canucks. St. Louis looks took game one. What awful. I think what we all thought was going to happen to Boston against Carolina kind of happened to St. Louis, where they did yeah. not look good in the uh, round robin, and that has carried over. They've not yep. been able to figure it out. They, you know, Dario has been making this point that they look really content. They won their Stanley Cup last year, and they're like, "Hey, look, we'll play hard, but when things when things go against us, we're not okay about with to that. go another twenty game grind here. Yeah, like we're not gonna we're not gonna kill ourselves for this one. We got last year's, and we're good with that. And this is sort of a weird one, and you know." Uh, Ghost asks, Rangers one laugh. They're could be a winger that they could have to shake loose from the New York Rangers. What do you think about going after a Buchnevich or Vitaly Kravitsov? I don't think Kravitsov is going anywhere. Yeah, they're not going to get rid of the ELC guys. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I would make an aggressive play for Kravitsov anyway. I wouldn't. I I didn't like him in his draft year. I'm still on a I wait and see on that kid. <laughs> but Buchnevich is a guy I've always kind of liked. He's got solid underlying numbers. Um, to me, this is, it feels like a little, not, it's going to, not going to be a great comparison, but a little like Burkowski 2.0 ish. Not quite as where, good as Shooter, but yeah. Yeah. Like, like again, like they're way, they're, they're different players, but sure. you're talking, you're talking about as far a, as where they fit into the lineup. I get, yeah. yeah. Colorado, if Colorado's going to make a move for a guy, like I think the, I think Val Nachushkin is their last reclamation project for a little while. Yeah. And that's not to say that that uh, Buchnevich would be one. It's just that I don't I don't think the Rangers have to do a damn thing for a little while. Lafreniere is going to be on an ELC. They're fine. 
They can yeah. they can just take that and say, hey, we're a deep forward core now. You know, Ryan Strom had a 59-point season as their 2C. If if he can do that again, then, you know, and granted he played all year next to Artemi Panarin, but if he can do it again, then they're fine. Like, they're, they're going to be perfectly competitive up front. They just aren't really good trade partners with the Avs, are they? You, you kind of mentioned yeah. no more reclamation projects. If the Avs are doing something, they're looking for a legitimate top six forward. They're looking game. for a clear upgrade. They're, they're yeah. looking for a drag-and-drop, set-and-forget type of guy. They're not looking for a, hey, let's see how this goes, and then if it goes really well, then maybe we promote this guy and put him into this part of the lineup, and if he hits his ceiling, then we can do this or that. and like The same the same thing applies for like a Jesse Pugliarvi. No. Yep. No. Keep just keep dropping forty shots on Arizona and be like, Taylor Hall, you want to come be part of forty shots every night? Right. Like like you're talking about like a Taylor Hall, or you're gonna try and trade for a guy like a, a Max Domi or a Brandon Sod, like a yep. totally like a This guy's giving a, you fifty points at a minute. Established guy that you yeah. don't think twice about. Yeah. That you know what he does. This is and, and that's why you're not getting somebody that's twenty two years old. They have to be a little bit established at this point. They don't have to be ancient, but, you know, a player in their prime. So we'll see. Who do you cheer for, Blues or Canucks? I mean, if you're looking for a better matchup for the Avs, the Canucks. Yeah, because that means uh, Colorado would either get Canucks or winner of Dallas Calgary. Yeah. Which or in, a, in, a, in, a, in a big galaxy brain scenario, they would they would get Chicago. If Chicago beats, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> if they, it would be how wild would it be if they end up, if their path to the Stanley Cup Finals ended up being uh, Arizona, Chicago, and then Vancouver. Wow, what a world! Because I think that's I think that's the ten, eleven, and twelve seats. Yeah, I believe so. So the Avs roll up in like the Cup Finals, having played like fifteen games and all of them pretty fresh. Whereas the East has overtimes of multiple and yeah. every single game going on on the other side, just Plus, exhausted. The Cup Finals are going to be in Edmonton, so I don't have to travel anywhere, and then they don't have to get adjusted to a different bubble. <laughs> there will be no bubble adjustment. They will just life easy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I it. mean, you got to like it. Yeah, Reinhardt's another guy for that list. Yeah. To- yeah. That we talk about, but you know, we don't think is realistic. But it's just yep. like whatever. There's name you know. a top six legitimate top six forward, and yeah, and, a, he, and he brought up a guy like Grandland, who I think is going to be a really interesting uh, guy because it's his career totally cratered when he got to Nashville. Which hey, weird that keeps happening with guys. <laughs> uh, and then him getting out of there, like look what happened when Kevin Fiala leaves Nashville, and all of a sudden he blows up. And lives up to the guy that he was supposed to have been all along. I'm curious about a guy like Grandland. Curious personally because I I think you could probably get him on a on a one or two year deal for for pretty cheap and be like, hey, come score sixty points. We'll make playing, you a ton playing of money. next we'll to Calgary, yeah, <laughs> and come play for a contender and put up some put up some points in the postseason and build a reputation back up and then go back into free agency and let somebody pay you six and a half million dollars per year. It won't be us, but you can come rebuild that value with us. I can see the I can see the abs going that route. Yeah. Um with a with a previously established guy who's coming off a down year and it's gonna be cheap and blah, 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 blah. But 
I don't think that going after the young guy, like the Rangers have no reason to do anything, to be honest. Yep. I agree. They're, they don't have any reason to make any of those moves. They, they, because Lafreniere is on an ELC, um, they could just drop him into the lineup and be like, okay, go. Let's be concerned that the Avs played so well without their top six, not really doing that much. Yep. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, they should be honestly, especially after like... they poke that third goal in like <clears throat> casual. They, they look, this looks a little bit like the Avs at the beginning of the year last year, where that top line really hadn't found their footing and they went eight, one and one. Um, except that the defense is already locked in. True. Like the defense is already playing significantly bad. Those guys are all playing with their regular partners, and those are just the, that no need to mess with it. Yep. Until, until a team punches you in the mouth and makes you do something different, you don't. Yeah. It, I'm with you 100%. I, if you're winning games, it doesn't matter if your top six is playing off the wall or just okay, a W so, is a W. We got a question in here. It says, how do you think the abs respond if the Yotes impose their shutdown defense style? They don't really have a shutdown defense style. If you go back and you yeah. look, if you look through their numbers and you look how they played through the year, they're not a good defensive club. They get uh, they, smoked on possession all the time. Right. They play, they play a low event style, but that's because they don't generate much on their end. And they give up more than the average bear every night. They yep. really don't have a great they they really don't have a great system. They don't have a great style. They don't really have a super defensive whatever. Like it, they're they're not very good at it. It's very Patrick Waugh coaching style esque, where they're like, "Look, we're gonna have our goalie bail bail us out and counterattack yeah. when we can." That's really it. They they rely on speed to get by to get by defenders and uh, they really just don't, they're just not very good. Uh, did they shut down McKinnon though? Like, yeah, he didn't play very well, but he picked up two assists in that game. Yeah. He, he had two assists and sure he wasn't shooting, but he was the most dangerous guy on the ice. They dedicated their entire defensive structure towards erasing him. And he had two assists. So if their big play is to hold McKinnon to two assists a game. I think the abs will be just fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Like if their if their big effort is results in that, I'm until until McKinnon actually gets shut down because we saw on that. Uh, just go back and watch the first power play. McKinnon passes up two one time opportunities. That, that's not that's not Arizona right. shutting him down. That's him not shooting. He's still getting open. He's still finding space and he's still creating. So. It, I'm sure the coaches took him aside and was like, look, Nathan, you need to shoot the puck. But <laughs> nonetheless, that was not a shutdown performance. Yeah, well, and that line that line dominated possession number-wise, too. So it's like... Yep. I, if, I'm, if I'm Nathan McKinnon today, waking up today, I'm, I'm not feeling... I'm not feeling like, oh, that, man, man, we're... How am I gonna how am I gonna find a way in the series? Like I gotta get my I gotta find my footing here. You know, this no. I'm not feeling like that at all. Nope. Like they they yeah, as I mentioned last night on yesterday's show, Arizona's defense went to sleep for one shift against that line. 
and they had a tic-tac-toe goal in the back of their net like it was easy yeah so and, and it, that, it resulted in, in 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 what was essentially an empty net goal for Miko Rantanen like well and it's I think it was a great reminder of just how flexible the Evs lineup is too oh Nemesnikov's not working up here all right here's a three-headed monster have fun dealing with that right and I I <sighs> Even even I I could see that that that, that top lineup wasn't working with them possession wise they were great but Nemestikov was in, was being miscast there yesterday he just wasn't sure. and so it was like hey let's let's switch something up I would have I would have put Berkey up there why not he was having and a hell of a game yeah. instead they put Landy up there and it it still works out and it's just like <laughs> okay oh, well, whatever <laughs> good good luck trying to defend against that dude That's keep badass. being bad Avs keep being bad they just like. I don't know, man. Right now, right now, Av's life is easy life. Everything they're doing finds a way to work. Uh, their only their only loss was a game in which they again outplayed the other team, uh, but they just came up one one save short in a in an overtime game against the other good team in the West. Well, you know what they say, AJ. Yellow. They do say that. They also say happy wife, happy life. And if you want to keep the wife happy. Nice. In the bedroom. <laughs> Manscaped. That's we'll my man. You looking good below the belt. Taking care of that. Happy wife. Manscaped equals happy life. Put it together. Go get your Manscaped package today, whether it be the trimmer. If you want to smell nice for the wife, you can get breath mints. You can get deodorant. They got the whole package for you. Taking care of everything. Manscaped.com. You can get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code DNVR20. I have it on good authority. Sure, no beard shaving for the playoffs, but below the belt, you're good to go. You can shave whatever you want down there to take care of business. Heard the Avs did it before they went out and dropped three goals in a minute and a half on Arizona. So get on it. Again, Manscaped.com to order. That's going to wrap up today's show. No, I mean, I don't know. I guess we can call it a free skate Friday. It'll be a free skate Friday if the Avs win. How about that? We'll be doing a post-game pod tomorrow. So maybe join us in the winner's lounge if things go that way, or you can have some sad drinks in the loser's lounge with us otherwise. But we will be back tomorrow with that. And, of course, a bonus podcast on Saturday post-game as well. So if you did miss it, of course, you can always watch this show on YouTube after the fact. Be sure to subscribe over there to not miss any of the DNVR action. But other than that, have a good rest of your Thursday, and we will catch you all next time.